With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast. And here are your hosts, Nina Pantic and Irina Falcone. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. I'm Nina Pantic and I'm joined with my co-host, Irina Falcone. Hey guys. This week we're talking about the U.S. Open because that's all that matters right now. It started this week in New York City. And the most exciting thing, of course, is to see how the American players are going to do. Later in this podcast, we're going to be joined by Andy Roddick. He calls in and um, we talk about the fact that he was the last American man to win a Grand Slam, which was the U.S. Open back in 2003, 15 long years ago. Honestly, when you say 15 years ago, that sounds like a lifetime ago. It's completely insane. Even he is surprised by it. You'll hear him talk about it later, but he, even he's shocked by it. John Isner, of course, came the clo- closest at Wimbledon, and Roddick actually talks about how during that crazy semifinal match when Isner was playing Kevin Anderson, the commentators would bring up the fact that Roddick is the last guy to win a U.S. Uh, last American guy to win a slam, and Roddick is shocked that this is like that he's still relevant at all. Well, I mean, he is a Hall of Famer now. I think that is also such a huge asset for his career. You know, to be the last American to have won a Grand Slam, but also be one of the youngest guys to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's a big week for the Hall of Fame as well. This week is the first time they're introducing fan voting. So the class of 2019 fans can now add their their choices, their picks. And, you know, right now that's a pretty great class. There's going to be um, Yevgeny Kafelnikov, Conchita Martinez. There's Jonas Bjorkman, Sergi Bruguera, Goran Ivanisevic, Thomas Muster, and Mary Pierce. And Li Na, who is a huge fan favorite, especially in China. So I think she might have the fan edge. I was just going to say, I personally think that she's my pick. Uh, she's just been so influential, not only to the game in um, all over the world, but specifically in China. I mean, you can definitely tell that the amount of money that China is pumping out to get tennis in China is just unbelievable. I think it's great. And I wouldn't be surprised if she gets a lot of votes. Yeah, when you look at the class on paper, she has the least number of slams and the least number of uh, least number of tournament wins as well. But she's, I mean, been a huge, huge part of the game and part of history. So fans can actually now add your votes online starting on this Monday through October seventh, which is going to be fun. Roddick talks about that a lot. He's a huge fan of this. Fitting fan, fan of fans. <laughs> this week we're more concerned with the U.S. Open, and Roddick is still relevant because he's the last American guy to win a slam. But I think Isner's chances are pretty good. He's got a pretty great draw. Um, on Tennis.com, we do expert picks each slam, uh, take it or leave it. Sometimes we're really, really off, but sometimes we get it right. And when we added a question this time asking which American will go the farthest, and pretty much everyone chose Isner, while well, I chose Francis Tiafo. Way to be the exception, Nina, but you know what? That's a great pick, to be honest. Francis has been having a great hardcore season, not taking anything away from John. Obviously, he's playing some of his best tennis, but... 
Francis is young, up and coming. He has got nothing to lose. He's out there having fun. You can tell the support system that he's got. I, I saw his mom, his girlfriend. They were both cheering him on in Toronto. And he was just looking like he was having a great time out there, which is so important in the game, especially for a youngster. To be having that much fun, that's awesome. It's crazy how young he is because he's with his girlfriend, as you said, on, on tour a little bit this summer because she's still like a student at UCLA and plays for the team there. I mean, that's how young they are. Wow. Children. <laughs> Literally children. He's a lot of fun, and I'm, I, I like his explosive game. And he also had some really, really close calls at the U.S. Open. Last year, he lost in five sets to Federer. The year before, he lost in five sets to Isner. I mean, Isner's still kind of the obvious favorite just because his game and everything suits so hard to the U.S. Open series. He's won five Atlanta Open titles, for example. But how tough is it to be, you know, the pros and cons of being an American player at an American home slam? I mean, the hype is so, so insanely strong around any American on any court at the U.S. Open. I will say that the pressure is on whether or not you think it or whether or not you see it. I'm sure that Americans are definitely feeling it. Um, just look at John, for example, Sloan, uh, Madison, Coco, uh, all these players. There's so much expected out of them. And, you know, obviously some of them can handle it better than others. Uh, but uh, as a fan, as a tennis commentator as an American tennis commentator you want Americans doing well so the pressure is definitely on and while Roddick is the last American male to win a slam last year we had four American women semifinalists at the U.S. Open it was absolutely historic with Sloan uh, getting the win obviously in the end but having four women from the U.S. in the I mean that was huge it could easily be repeated again this year I wouldn't be surprised there's so many good American women playing right now that I uh, I can see a lot of them getting deep into the second week, and uh, I'm excited to see who who's going to win it this year. It's nice to have so many players you can kind of watch and keep an eye on, but especially you know the hype and the build up to the U.S. Open is so big. I don't think people realize what goes into the week before. There's qualifying, of course. There's there's four days of qualifying, but there's all these events. There's sponsor events. There's endorsement. Nike, you know, Wilson, Yonix. There's player parties. There's all these like charity things going on. And the players are expected to be at certain events. And, and you know, there's media around and that. The hype is just insane. But Taste of Tennis to me was the most fun last week because they, you can kind of see how crazy fans and guests at this party go for certain players. You had Sloane Stevens on the red carpet. You had, you know, Kevin Anderson walking, or the blue carpet, I should say, Kevin Anderson. But then Serena and Venus Williams, they actually snuck in through the back door, hopped up on stage, and they were like the surprise celebrity guests. And you can see how much they've done for the sport because they're a little bit above the rest, I guess, in a way, just because of celebrity status. But, you know, last year it was Sloane Stevens that won it all, not Serena, not Venus. Serena has been so influential not only her entire career but i'm talking about most recently with speaking about her struggles becoming a new mother and just her success i mean a year ago she was not playing tennis she was ha she was in the middle of her pregnancy to come back a year later and get to the finals of wimbledon i mean are you kidding me how amazing is that um and uh just last week i saw that she had her own pop-up shop and she was promoting her line i believe it's just called serena and uh i saw that carly Kloss, you know made her appearance there which was so cool she really is awesome she 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 is serena <laughs> so while main draw begins this week last week tennis channel was covering the qualifying for the first time ever so you could see all all the big there were some huge names in qualifying there was you know the junior bouchard tommy robredo patty schneider ferris monareva and then of course young players as well getting their first chance to be 
on this big tennis channel, you know, you're being broadcasted around the, all over the place and you're getting that media attention and you're getting that the real feel as if you're in the main draw while usually qualifying is kind of secret tucked away and no one has any way to watch it. I thought it was amazing that Tennis Channel took it upon themselves to promote qualifying as much as they did. And Eric Buderak did a great job with really initiating this whole fan week. So as a fan, you'd come in and you would get a notification when Fed was playing, when Sharapova was playing, when Nadal was playing. So not only could you watch the qualifiers that were up and coming, but you can also watch the top players as well, which is, you know, obviously you want to see your favorites. Uh, but I thought it was great to have the qualifiers have so much media attention. I saw Francesca Di Lorenzo, first time qualifying for the U.S. Open. She was on Tennis Channel with uh, Brett Haber and Shelby Rogers. They were talking about her match. And I thought that was so cool because before then, she probably wouldn't have been able to get that much attention on screen. The exposure is huge for them and, and having the practice of doing media like that and coming on set after playing a match. I mean, all, it, it takes practice to, to be comfortable doing that. And I think it's awesome and fun for, for fans to get to watch it all and, and be be taking it so seriously. But Shelby Rogers is, she was commentating and she was on set and, and doing studio work and stuff, Tennis Channel, because she's injured. And it's kind of something Tennis Channel has been doing a bit. They had Bethany Maddox-Sands last year on set and doing all types of work for them. And then before that, they had Sloane Stevens, of course. So it's cool to have a player that's so like immersed in the sport and actually very actively still playing. It sucks for her that she's injured, of course, but she gets to still be so immersed and so involved and a part of the tennis family that she's built. If anything, it's just helping her career post-tennis because she has gotten so good with the commentating. It's just opening so many doors. And I think that commentating training is just so great as a tennis player because you know the game you know what those players are going through and you can talk about it because you've been there. Exactly. You can you can understand what's going on and the players can relate to you a little better and they're a little bit more excited to talk to you because they know a familiar face. Who, who knows what they're talking about? So someone else who knows what they're talking about is Andy Roddick. He is our guest this week. Really happy to have him on. And he talks about the Hall of Fame, of course, and the fan voting because that just started on Monday, but also about the U.S. Open and a little bit about what he's up to and what he's going to be doing in September with one Roger Federer. So we're going to launch right into that. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. So let's start with, um, obviously, the Hall of Fame. It's been a year since you were inducted. Um, when you look back on that day, how special is it and what do you remember the most? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I, I think a pretty consistent theme, um, which was true then and is true now, was just kind of being able to share that moment with all the people who kind of helped get you there. Um, it, it was great. Um, you know, kind of the one of the weirder parts is that uh, Brooke was pregnant at the time. So looking back, it seems like a lifetime ago with our nine month old daughter, <laughs> you know, she's actually here. <laughs> um, you know, but it was, it was, it was just great. And the, you know, the, 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 the champions that were there, you know, kind of welcome you into the, uh, you know, kind of the, the fraternity of the hall of fame was, uh, was, was really cool. And it was, it, it was just a weekend full of great memories and catching up with, with, uh, old friends. Did you feel a lot of nerves when you had to go and give the speech as opposed to maybe when you gave um, a champion speech or any kind of speech with your tennis career? Was there a different level of nerves in this situation? Yeah, because I think it's, it's a, it, was, it was a challenge for me um, just because you're given uh, a finite amount of time to try to put into words what everyone might have meant to you, what uh, the game of tennis might have meant to you. So it's it's like you do something for 30 years and then you have 30 minutes to talk about it. So a minute a year isn't much <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the grand scheme of it. So 
um, I, I certainly felt uh, not pressure from anyone else, but just pressure on myself to kind of get it right. You, you want people to to to, to leave uh, after your speech, kind of having an understanding of 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 why it's important, how it's important, who's important. You know, so that's a it's a it was a tall task for me, especially trying to connect. Uh, uh, you know, the 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 fan version of myself. Uh, you know, at seven, eight, nine years old, um, to to the person who actually got to play the game um, on on uh, on the biggest stages. So that was, uh, I, you know, that, that was the part that I wanted to kind of uh, connect and 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 try to figure out how that became real at some point. Do you uh, these days? Do you feel a thrill when you hear the word, you know, the, the words Hall of Famer associated with your name? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really nice. It really is. Um, you know, anytime um, I, I played an event last night in in in, in Winston Salem and. Even during intros, um, you know, it, it, it gets said and the, the crowd reacts a certain way. And it's, it, it really is just nice. And it's completely self-serving and completely selfish, but it, it does feel great. <laughs> um, you know, and, and it's, it's one of those things where you don't, you, don't, you don't get it for just a little bit. You have it forever. So um, it, 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 is a, it, it is a great honor. And, um, you know, it, it's not as if I've gotten used to it because time has passed. And, you know, I, I think that'll probably be the case for for uh, for the rest of it. I think a lot of fans get clued in for when um, the announcements made for who's going to be inducted and then when the ceremony actually happens. But then what happens afterwards? Do you become a member? Is there, you know, membership emails? Is there membership fees? Are you, do you get to vote now for next year right away? How, how does all that work? Yeah, you, you do. Yes. To, to, to what you said, <laughs> um, you know, it, it is, uh, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm around uh, tennis uh, much, um, you know, so I, I probably don't get to see, uh, everyone as much as they see each other, but, um, yeah, you, 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 you kind of have an inside look. Um, you know, I knew when the, the nominees came out last year, you, 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 are part of the voting process. Um, you know, it's at some points you're used as a reference, um, you know, whether it's, uh, criteria or when, when new initiatives come across such as the fan voting, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's really cool to kind of be a part of, uh, the most prestigious inner, inner circle, um, uh, that, a that a player can get post post career. So, um, it, 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 the answer to your questions is, is, is yes. That's cool. And then looking ahead. So next year, 2019 is the first time ever they're going to have the hall of fame uh, voting option for fans to actually put in their opinions and have a say in, in maybe who's going to end up chosen. What are your thoughts on this new addition? I think it's a home run. I, I, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I mean, if you look at it, it, how, you know, if you look at kind of baseball totals when they announce, you know, who gets what percentage of the vote, uh, you know, th- there is a real opportunity for fans to, to, to actually get someone over the, 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 the hum and get someone in. Um, and, and, and it's something that should happen. Um, you know, we, our, our memories are only, as great as we remember him because of, because of fan participation, whether it's in a match or at practices or, or, you know, watching us on, on TV. So there's no reason that that should stop uh, when it, when it comes to the hall of fame. So um, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a great idea. I think it's a progressive idea. Um, and I, I, I applaud the hall of fame for, for taking this step. And I think it's absolutely the right thing to do. Do you think a lot of people will take part in this? I hope so. Um, you know, I, I, if you feel passionately uh, enough about it, um, you you should. Um, I, I certainly know if it would have been in place for for mine, I, I by no means was was uh, was a shoe in, uh, especially during the, the the first year. So, 
hell yeah, there's, there's every chance I would have been begging people on Twitter to go vote. So, um, yeah, I think it, it, it also has the, the, the potential to, to kind of form a little bit of a connection between whoever's trying to get in and the fans to kind of help them. I, I think, uh, it, it is a, it is a great opportunity for the, for the players and the nominees to, to ask for help also. And I think it really puts a bow on, on, uh, that, that relationship that, that kind of has, has existed for a while between player and, and said fan. I think partly because you're, you're still so young, you're only in your mid thirties and partly because you're, you're clued into social media, but you of all people kind of still have a connection with your fans, right? Cause I see you on Twitter, you know, you did the Periscope thing a few years back and I feel like you're still really, really engaged. Like, are you still connected to your fans today? And maybe as much as you were before when you were playing? I, I just don't know, even know how to answer that. I, I would say no, but only just because proximity is gone. Um, you know, I, I, there, there's no way to, if a, if a fan wants to come see me, they live close to Cincinnati and come to the tournament. And, you know, I, I've certainly lost that, but that's, that's one of the benefits of social media is to kind of, it, it is a, an easy way to kind of stay connected. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes it's deliberate and sometimes it's, it's spontaneous conversation, uh, frankly, I think the spontaneous ones are probably more entertaining at times, but um, it, it certainly is a tool that is, uh, I, I feel lucky that it's available to me uh, post-career. How big was having fan support as an American playing at the U.S. Open? We're, we're kind of around that U.S. Open time, so I have to, I have to kind of talk about this as well. But how, how big was having fans and the support and the pressure as well? There's the pros and cons of being the, the home favorite, right? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I've been on, I was on both sides of it, frankly. Um, you know, especially New York crowd is, it's a lot of things, but it's always just so fair. Um, you, you know, I, I, there was, I remember distinctly when it kind of really turned, um, Oh three, Andre lost the first semi. I was in the second semi and I wasn't doing so well. Um, and the fans, I think wanted a, an American presence in, in the final. And I happened to be that guy cause Andre was no longer an option in that tournament. Um, you know, and, and that lasted, you know, the better part of a decade after that. And so it was, it was a, it was a huge deal. Um, especially Oh six, the run of the final, uh, I remember Connor's just telling me to use the fans, use the fans, use the fans and they'll respond. And he was right. And he was the master of it. Um, and then to, to kind of counter those two years, Oh five, I, I completely laid an egg first round and they weren't real happy with me and that's fair. Um, you know, so I, I think the New York fans, especially, uh, super passionate, but but always fair, and you know they 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 help create some of the best memories. Uh, you know, one of the best memories of my lifetime wasn't specific to the U.S. Open, but um, Wimbledon after I, I lost the tough final, the fans really kind of picked me up immediately in the aftermath of it. Um, you know, by kind of supporting me and saying my name, and you know that, that they they create those magical moments that you'll always remember. And your, your name is still really, really huge with American tennis, you know, for the good and the bad in this case. But did you ever imagine that you would still be today the last American man to win the slam? Uh, no, no, uh, certainly not. Um, and, I, and I hope it changes. Um, you know, it, it is still strange. You know, all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm up in a little mountain town. We spend time and it has two stoplights and watching Wimbledon coverage and, um, you know, during semis and John's match, it, it's still a relevant topic, which is amazing to me. And it's something that, uh, you know, I, I, not because of, of any sort of bitterness, just I'd like to see, um, you know, someone come through. Um, you know, I, I, I wish it wasn't still a storyline, um, you know, and, and it's, uh, it, it is strange, but, you know, that's sports. It goes in waves. And, you know, that's the reason why it's the best theater is because it's not, it's not easy to just apply a script to it. Um, you know, but I, I do think when that breakthrough comes, it'll mean that much more. And 
Um, you know, I, I just think for, as, as American tennis fans, and I certainly grew up in this generation, we were just spoiled in the best possible way for so long, um, you know, from from the beginning, um, you know, and then through Arthur Ashe and Stan Smith and then Mac and Connors and then uh, Pete and Andre and Chang and Curry. You know, it, it was just a spoil. We were just spoiled in the best possible way. And it's, uh, you know, hopefully we'll uh, we'll certainly appreciate it when that when that comes again. We were definitely spoiled. You mentioned Wimbledon, um, so then I got to mention Roger Federer. But in this case, you're actually going to be he's going to be part of the Q and A with you in um, in Texas on September 17th, benefiting your foundation. How did that come together? Uh, I asked nicely. Um, you know, Roger and I. You know, obviously we don't we don't see each other that much anymore. But I think we've always had. Um, a, a healthy respect, you know, he, he was, he kind of went out of his way during, uh, our careers. If I was getting, uh, you know, any sort of criticism, um, he, he was always one of the first ones to, to kind of back me up. And it was some, certainly something that I always appreciated. And I'm, I'm happy to, to, uh, tell people how he is as a human, which is as you would want him to be, you know, he's, he's certainly a hero to, uh, to, uh, tennis fans everywhere. And he's, he's the guy you'd want him to be. Um, you know, and so I just, I, uh, kind of went through, uh, Tony Dodzik and just said, Hey, is this, is this a possibility at any time? Um, you'd let us know what works. And, you know, in, in my mind, I was thinking maybe on the, the kind of cross country trip from Indian Wells to Miami next year, or, you know, trying to make it as easy as possible. And, and uh, you know, they threw out the se- September 17th day, which is amazing because it's obviously on the heels of, of the U S open and before labor cup. So there's uh, a huge amount of relevancy. Uh, in the tennis season. And, um, you know, the the thing about the tennis world and, and Rogers uh, certainly in line with it is, is that there's, there's such a great culture of, of saying yes. And then working backwards from there to figure out the logistics. Um, So it's a huge deal. Everyone in Austin, I mean, we've had big, big acts for the foundation. We've had Elton John and, and people are really excited about, about him coming to, to Austin, Texas. And, it's uh, it's really cool to see. It's like my two universes colliding for for a day. Um, and then Mary was amazing too. Mary Carrillo, I called her and I said, "We're doing this thing. You know, I'd like to explain it to you." She goes, oh, "That's fine. Whatever it is, yes, I'm in." And it was it was it was that easy. And it, you know, I think that speaks to uh, to the culture in tennis. And I, you know, I, I certainly feel lucky to be a part of it. It's going to be an awesome event for a really great cause. I think it's cool to have to have a big name, but to have you being a part of something like that is is also great because people are still so obsessed with you. What's your relationship like with the sport now? Do you still play regularly? Are you still locked in? Uh, I, I'm not. I'm. 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 I, I would say I'm. I'm pretty removed. Um, I played a. Like I said, I played an event last night, and I think it was the third or fourth time this year that I had played. Um, unfortunately, uh, it was funny when our kids came around, I started playing a lot less. <laughs> so we're, we're coming up on, on three years old and, and, uh, we'll have another birthday later on in November. So, um, you know, my wife is, 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 uh, she'd become a really impressive uh, businesswoman. So she travels a little bit, and, um, you know, we, we, we kind of juggle schedules and, it doesn't always lend itself to being able to camp out in front of a TV and watch a lot of tennis and or play a lot of tennis. That's something that uh, that I'd like to see remedied, uh, you know, over the next bit of time. And I, I hope I can start playing a little bit more. But um, I, I'm 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 I follow. I enjoy it. I, I still love watching uh, when I can. It's just not something that kind of dictates my my day to day operations and, and, and life right now. Maybe you'll play with your kids right when they get old enough. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what he he's more interested in like gardening and working with tools right now.
<laughs> yeah, and then and just on, on that note, lastly, um, how did life change to go from a family of three to a family of four, not including the dogs, of course? Yeah, um, it, it's it's uh, it's it's a lot. Um, you know, I, I like Brooke and I haven't. You know, I, I know I retired from tennis, but I've, I've stayed extremely busy with the foundation and in different business ventures, and so we it, it forces you to be extremely organized about scheduling and. Um, you know, I think there's only been one or two nights, um, with the kids where one of us hasn't been home. So, um, that's important to us. And, uh, you know, it's your, your schedule's not really your own anymore and in it's in a great way. And the, the kids are just amazing. And, you know, we're, we're obviously very biased, but we just think they're the, the greatest. And, um, it, it's, it's a, it's a different life than the one. It's certainly a different life than the, the one I used to live. Of course. Um, okay. Well, I think that is time's up, but I really appreciate you taking time to talk with us and talk about fan voting and about, about your experiences as well. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you. All right, guys, that was Andy Roddick. That's it for this episode of Inside Tennis. I'm Nina Pantic, and my co-host, Arena Falcone, is also signing off. Officially signing off, you guys. See you next week. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.